I was looking at a funeral pall the other day. So a funeral pall is this beautiful ornamented cloth that's traditionally placed over the casket at the beginning of a Catholic funeral. I was looking at this funeral pall and it had skulls on it. It had one had a skull on each corner of the funeral pall. Now normally you don't think about something like a skull being placed on a liturgical garment. In modern times, you might think of skulls more something to be associated with pirates or Halloween. But traditionally, the skull has been a Christian symbol. If you were to go down to St. Augustine and go into one of these older cemeteries that have stones that are two and 300 years old, you'll see some of them, if you look closely, have a skull on the gravestone. And oftentimes, on the side of the skull, you'll see attached to it are these wings. So it's showing that this person is, has died and, is, and this person is going up to heaven. The skull has always been a Christian symbol. If you look back in art, for example, if you're the great uh, Italian artist Caravaggio, he's got a famous painting of St. Jerome. And St. Jerome is sitting at his desk and he's writing. And on the desk is a skull. This is symbolic of uh, a meditation that saints participated in, remembering death, preparing for death by meditating on it and considering it and thinking about it. The famous Saint, Saint Francis of Assisi wrote a song about sister death and how he was his entire life preparing for to embrace sister death. He's seen his whole life as that which is getting ready for this most important moment of judgment. This is known as memento mori. Remember that you will die. Today, we are entering into Adventide. It's a joyful season of anticipating the remembrance of Christ and his coming, his first coming, but it's also the time when we look forward to his second coming in judgment, a time of preparing ourselves, of getting ready for that day when you will be judged. Advent is a time of remembering and thinking and pondering, considering the last things, especially the beginning of Advent, heaven, hell, death, and judgment. So you heard in Matthew 24, this gospel that we heard today, our Lord talking about his coming, when he's going to come in judgment. He said that he could come at any time. That's going to be unexpected. There'll be a day when you stand before your judge and that you need to be ready. That the whole of your life is about getting ready for this most important moment. And our Lord's commending that to us. He's saying it's a healthy and good thing to consider your death, to remember that judgment is coming and that it could come for you at any time. Our Lord is especially commending in this gospel today to consider the whole notion of unexpectedness, that judgment could come anytime and that it's a healthy thing to consider this and to not put it off, to think about it, to ponder it so that you can be prepared by thinking and considering it. This is how you get prepared because life is uncertain. You don't know what's going to take place. We like to try to get as ready as we can through buying lots of different 
types of insurance and having money in the bank and gathering a collection of family and friends around you to take care of you in case anything were to happen. And yet, in spite of all of our efforts, this is still does not take away the unexpectedness, the fragility of life. The Apostle James says, you don't know even that what your life tomorrow may be. You're like a puff of smoke, which appears for a moment and then disappears. Our Lord, in referring to his judgments, he said, uh, at the exact day or hour, no one knows it. Neither the angels in heaven, nor even the Son, but only the Father. And St. Peter, the Apostle Peter, predicted that the coming of the Lord will be like a thief in the night. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that thieves don't get on the phone with you and say, hey, I need to have a little calendar meeting with you, find out you know, what your availability is, and let's take a look at these things. No, thieves don't do that. They are going to come at the most unexpected time, a time when you're not going to be expecting it. This is what our Lord does. He says that his coming, your life may end. You will be standing before the just judge at a time that most likely will not be expected. Now, the devil, he likes to get rid of uncertainty, to kind of whisper and to tell you, oh, you know, you're in good health, you're excellent, your, your, your sugar, your blood sugar, your blood pressure, you know, your cholesterol, everything's great. You're, you're young, you don't need to worry about any of those things. Enjoy life. You can take care of all that spiritual stuff later. You can, you know, go to confession later. You can do all those things later. You know, don't concern yourself with death. You know, he wants you to be as unprepared as possible until death finally overtakes you. And in our culture, this is an easy temptation to give into. Think about this. You know, if you bring up death, talk about death, you know, that, that's morbid. Why, why are you bringing that up? So you'll be scorned. You'll be criticized for bringing up death. It's very taboo in our culture. So it's an easy temptation to give into. Oh, you know, I'm fine. It's, it's going to take place later. Our Lord said this was going to happen. In the gospel today, he said, people will be eating and drinking and making merry and giving in marriage when the Son of Man will come. Meaning that they won't be ready. They're not going to be prepared. It reminds me of the story of the Babylonian king, Belteshazzar, from Daniel chapter 5. He was a Babylonian king that lived about 600 or so years before Christ. He was having this great party, invited all of his nobles and, and the other elites of society, and they were drinking and making merry. And according to the scripture, this supernatural hand appeared, and this, the fingers of a man's hand, it says, wrote on the wall, Meany, meany, tekel, parson. And the king was shaken. He turned white. Those with him who experienced and saw this were terrified. They began bringing in the wise men and others who weren't able to tell him what these things meant. So they brought in Daniel. And Daniel interpreted, with the help of the Lord, what these words meant. He said, meany, meany. This means your days have been numbered. Uh, Tekel, you've been placed on the scales and found wanting. And Parson, your kingdom will be given over to others. And the king was excited and happy and he threw these 
beautiful royal garments on Daniel and blessed him with many material things. And then he went back to partying, to drinking. He didn't make any changes. There was no repentance. No, none of that. And that very night, he was slain. His life was taken from him. His kingdom was given over to others. This is how it's going to be uh, at the coming of the Lord, perhaps at the coming of your judgment, at the end of your life. Our Lord says that there's going to be many people who are not ready, who are not thinking about this, who are not prepared. There's going to be partying, you know, not even thinking about it whatsoever. This might sound scary, this unexpectedness, but in reality, this is a great gift. It's a grace from the Lord. It's a healthy and good thing, this whole notion of unexpectedness. St. John Chrysostom, the early uh, 4th century, very talented preacher, uh, he said that, you know, people, if they knew when their judgment was going to come, when death was coming, they would wait till the very end. Isn't that what you would do? When you think about it, when you have an assignment and you have a deadline, you kind of wait till pretty close to that deadline to get it done. But without knowing that, with, with this gift of unexpectancy, it's a never-failing stimulus to do good right here and right now. It's a gift. In the Bible, in Sirach chapter 7, verse 40, it says, And all you do, remember the end of your life, and then you will never sin. The church fathers talked about doing this daily. Now, St. Athanasius, a great, another fourth century guy, a theologian, he said that when you go to sleep at night, uh, or actually when you wake, when you wake up in the morning, be in doubt that you will see the night. And when you go to sleep at night, don't be confident that you rise in the morning. So he recommends that you remember your death, memento mori, at least two times a day as a healthy practice. He says that if you do this, Thus, you shall, not be offend, you shall not offend, nor be carried away by vain desires. Neither shall you be angry, nor covet, to lay up earthly treasures. But rather, by the fear of departure, from day to day, you shall trample upon transitory things. All this temporary stuff that captures us and gets our attention, those things that don't really matter, if you consider your death, you'll be free of those things. You'll be able to live as you were designed to live, as, as master of your life, things you've been given, of your body, if you remember your death, you remember this coming judgment, this great event for which all of your life is destined, all of your life is a preparation for. It's a good and healthy thing. Maybe it sounds a little scary, but actually it's, it's a very good thing to embrace it. Like St. Francis did, who called, uh, you know, sister death. So this unexpectedness is good. Embrace it. It'll help you against temptations, especially the temptation, oh, death's a long way off. I need to worry about that. It'll help you to live truly free if you consider the shortness of your life, that it is but a puff of smoke. So as we're entering into Advent, as we're getting ready for the Lord's coming, for judgment, I would encourage you to be prepared to get ready for his coming, which could be at any moment, he could come for you. Use this time, especially this Adventide season, to prepare for your death. You know, consider what it looks like to get ready for judgment. What's the Lord calling you to this Advent? You know, commit yourself to 
consecrating your week to the Lord by getting to Mass on Sundays. Uh, what about daily prayers? You know, making sure that is, is first in your life each day, turning to the Lord. Other things too, though, are you committing your, your life to things that are eternal or just passing things? You know, it's really easy during this time as we're coming up to Christmas to get sucked into all this uh, commercialization and consumerism and buying lots and lots of stuff, things that don't really matter. Uh, how can you scale back maybe a little bit on that this Advent? What about your time? How are you using your time to prepare for eternity? You know, the big temptation with our phones, you know, it's simply to scroll, next video, next post, and next thing you know, oh, no, this 30 minutes, hour? I've been doing this for an hour? Uh, you know, how are you using your time? Is it using it for eternal things? And so I encourage you, especially during this Advent, to pick some small goal of the way that you're going to grow spiritually. Some easy goal. Don't pick some amazing, enormous super spiritual thing that you're, you know, that's going to puff up your pride and then you're going to miserably fail at and give up. Do something humble and small, something doable. An easy win this Advent, a way that you can grow closer to the Lord, a way that you can get ready for that coming judgment. You know, if you've been away uh, from Mass, this is a great time to begin again, to recommit yourself and your whole life to the Lord, but in some small, doable way, baby steps, humble, in a humble way. So you can get ready for the Son of Man who's coming at an hour that you do not expect. Be prepared. Amen.